Hello and uh, welcome to this podcast. I've called this the Survivors Podcast because I feel like those people who have been through these very traumatic experiences, like myself, are survivors. And uh, speaking of myself, my name is Thomas Durham. And I feel that people who've been through traumatic experience, the survivors, they have a right to feel confident about their story and their past and be able to speak on it and help other people who have had these experiences because you often feel alone and maybe ashamed or embarrassed or guilty about what has happened to you or what you saw, you witnessed, you experienced. And that's where we're at. That's my initial thoughts. This podcast felt right to me to start. And I'm passionate about this area. I just didn't know where to start. And I am scared. I can be honest about that. Because this is my first time speaking about what had happened to me during my childhood in such a public open forum and there's things that I won't go over because I'm still not even ready however this idea of getting on the podcast and getting comfortable getting to the point where I can share that it felt like a good idea Now that that's been said, what you can expect from this is stories of myself and my experiences, at least for the beginning. And as I go on, I do hope to have some guests that will be able to tell their stories of what happened to them. And part of it's purely just so our viewers and uh, listeners, sorry, can feel related to them, but also so they could learn and maybe get to the path of recovery and feeling good and living a meaningful life quicker than if you're just on your own. And that's primarily what's going to be happening here. We'll see where it goes. However, let's start. Let's jump into it. When I was young, I am 23 now, so I'm relatively still young, very young. So let me clarify. When I was a very small child, the age of one, two, you know, born, uh, my mom and my dad, uh, they lived together and things were nice. And at some point they could not be together any longer and they got a divorce when I was three years old. I came later to find out that my mom has been diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. 
and that was hard to come to terms with. And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. So that happens. Well, my dad told me that she had that diagnosis when I was maybe eight or nine. And uh, so that's why they separated. And my goal here is to give some context to what had happened. And so you can know who I am. And as I grew up, uh, they they started to fight. Um, so I remember making two, three, four. And it's hard to remember much at that young of an age, but I do remember my parents fighting constantly at some point. It didn't start that way. There was a period of just happiness and that always has a special place in my heart. And then there was a point where I remember there was a lot of fighting. My mom was sick and we were left alone a lot. So me and my brother would get out to trouble and my dad did not like that. Uh, things that young children should not be doing. My mom would sleep uh, throughout the day because she was very ill. And me and my brother would find knives and cut up couches in the house. We would um, get food out of the fridge and hide it in this. We had a speaker in the basement, this big, tall, black speaker that was probably taller than us at that point and we would put food in the back of this that had a, a hole in it where the wires would come out of yeah so my dad didn't like that and uh of course you know my mom uh, has paranoid schizophrenia which of course i don't know at this time and so he's getting accused of things that aren't true for example, my mom ha was convinced that she was uh, raping. That's sorry, my, my father was raping me and my brother, which was, of course, not true. And she's had thoughts like this throughout her life. And also, th simpler things, not as... I wouldn't say simple is the right word, but less drastic um, thoughts as well. Something like uh, the food may have been poisoned. She would have think that. Sorry, she would think like that or that someone is out to get her. These constant paranoias. Anyway, getting back to my train of thought here, and, I, and I'm going to try to do that as best as possible. Let's always get back to to the point. Or to the story, more or less. Now, I'm in the home. And I remember at night, the lights are off. I'm very young, two or three or four. And in between that time, 
I hear slamming of doors, punching through walls, yelling. My dad is furious, frustrated, and my mom is yelling back at him, and they're fighting. And I remember laying there through these nights that these would happen, thinking, you know, not scared, really. I was scared and didn't know what to do. So I would have nightmares. I would have many, 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 many nightmares. And I couldn't sleep. I would run down to the stairs, find my dad, and lay with him on the couch. And looking back at it, I think, I know that's why I was having these nightmares. So, moving past this, my dad ends up finding... Uh, you know, a new wife, a new girlfriend, and he gets remarried. At this point, he starts dating this lady, lady, maybe six months, maybe a year, year and a half after. I thought it was very quick. Uh, It felt to me that it was very quick. I was just a young child. I'm not saying this from a, a relationship perspective. I felt... Because I just had lost my mom and now I'm losing my dad's attention as well to this new woman who's being invited into this family. It felt very rushed, very strange, and I didn't get that time that I wanted with my family, my biological family. It's uh, a weird experience and embarrassing and scary and awkward and it's hard to understand especially at such a young age so this lady I don't know how I will refer to her throughout this But uh, she was quite awful. From the age of five years old, this is when I first remember it happening, to the age of 12, I was physically abused, emotionally, mentally, and everything in between. And it's part of my story, my journey. And it's really weird to think about when you try to put it in words into a podcast. All I know is for a long, long time. And still now, I've had those experiences live with me. And there was 
the statistic I saw, and it said one in four people have some mental health concerns or issues, you know, throughout their life. And I thought one in four, wow, you know, that's, could you imagine three out of four people live their life with no serious mental health problems? I would give exceptions. I, I, I do understand that life, you have your ups and downs. Uh, if uh, someone you love passes away, that's definitely going to be a traumatic, uh, you know, event. However, for the purpose to clarify, you know, these differences, I would say everyone goes through a loved one passing away. And maybe at different ages, you could say there's different impacts. All I'm trying to say is there's another version where it should have never happened to you. And that traumatic event, it should have never been in your life. You didn't ask for it. It was never part of the story. And it came in. Where do you go from there? And how are you supposed to live a life knowing anything? You don't. So three out of four people are are happy. And I thought it was profound that three out of four had never had a serious traumatic mental health event. Maybe this is a wrong statistic, who knows? It made me think, you know, from everything that's happened in my life, from the physical abuse to my mom being very sick and me having to take care of her at all times, you know, a lot of times, and just the terrible, terrible things that I've I've gone through, it's minimize my ability to live a normal, healthy, happy life. And there's things that I've normalized in my life There's things that I do that I've normalized, you know, being okay with feeling down or even feeling comfortable in a negative state. Like that's my comfortable place. And there's people that have never even been in that uncomfortable place and I like it. So what does that say about me? The majority haven't even dealt with that and I'm enjoying being in that space so I thought you know there's something seriously wrong with me here and I'm not I'm not saying this to be down on myself or any of that this is just my eye-opening perspective you know that I really do have a problem here because if 75% of people are never really going through the emotions that I'm feeling on a day-to-day basis the addiction the disruption in the mind, then, you know, I do really have uh, an issue here because not to continue on even further, but there's people who have never 
and will never experience this to that extent. And it's the majority. So I want to get my, it motivated me. I want to get my life back to what the majority is, what a normal, healthy life should look like. And that shocked me. That fact just shocked the heck out of me. There's often said about people who are depressed, they almost kind of sit in their depression. And I'm not saying this is a a chosen thing. It's definitely not. I've sit and sat in depression and sadness and anxiety and embarrassment and shame and guilt and anger. But part of that was me not knowing anything different. I was and am, you know, stuck in that place where for my life, all I was taught was misery from the age of two, three, seeing my parents get divorced, see, hearing the violence and the, and the anger um, between them fighting. Then at four years old, you know, my dad meeting someone else and me not being able to kind of cope with everything that just happened and then jumping into this and then being physically, mentally, emotionally abused, hit, beaten, locked inside, spit on, uh, um, you know, demasculated, made fun of. Everything that a mom shouldn't do was done to me and that created a normal state in my head where, you know, if I walk down the road, I expected other people just to feel how I am feeling. That they had the same experience as me. And this is normal for people to be sad, depressed, anxious, hypervigilant, uh, have these very emotional reactions over small things that I, I couldn't understand. And I'm talking about, of course, PTSD in this case. I thought all of this was normal. And so you kind of do want to stay in that a little bit because it's all you've been taught. And again, you think this is the way people go about their lives. This is a normal process. Everyone must feel how I'm feeling, but also in a weird way, you do feel at the same time that no one is with you and no one feels the same way. It's this very weird conflicting idea that happens. You know, you can walk down the street and just assume like, oh, it's okay. Everyone must feel depressed, I think, to cope with it. But at the same time, when you're in your room, when you're in a group of people, when you're talking with your friends, you feel drastically, uh, enormously alone. And that's a really tough part about people who've lived through very traumatic experiences having to get through that. And for me, that was difficult. It took me a long time. It took me a very, very long time. So you can get an idea of the time span we're talking about here. My first 
time, the first time I was hidden, sorry, the first time this woman laid hands on me, I was five years old. That lasted for seven years until I was 12. From 13, 14, 15, 16, high school, I was a complete wreck. I didn't understand what had happened to me. You know, I it's been I was thrown through this roller coaster of a life. And then here, now you're supposed to figure it out. And that... After high school, in college, I thought I knew. I thought I was getting older and I had it, I had it figured out. I was getting to know stuff. And keep in mind that I entered college at 18. So, you know, 18, 19, 20, I thought I started to have it figured out. And... At that time, I was living in Toronto within Canada. And then I moved to a different city, moved back to my parents. And that was like the next part of my life and where I'm at now, you know, three years into that. So now 23, moved back in 2017. And let me get back a little. Well, the time I was in college, I was moved out. I didn't know a thing. I thought I knew something about what was going on with me, but I really didn't. I was having the worst of it. I mean, in high school, it was really bad because I was young, emotional, crazy, but not crazy. I wouldn't say that. I'd say erratic in my emotions and and unstable. That extends, well, every ch- every child in high school, every kid, is like that a bit, you know, um, that's just children. So it was easier to get away with that sort of stuff. But when I was now on my own, I had to live on my own, rely on myself. All of that stuff was kind of easy, finding a job, getting money, you know, ensuring that the house was clean, and the dishes are done. And there's food that came easy. What was hard was my mental, I was always, always feeling like something was not right. I was easily offended by people. People would, would poke at me because they saw it would bother me. I wore, to a fault, you know, my insecurities on my sleeve, sort of speak. Uh, I was very sensitive. So in that sense, it was it was almost worse than what I had experienced in high school. And, and at that point, I realized, wow, I, I, I don't have this figured out at all. And I'm coming home to my parents and now getting to the point where I'm ready to talk about it. I've been going to therapy for now almost a year. So this journey has started much longer than just getting on this podcast, but now I'm at the time at 23 years old, almost 24, where I'm ready to discuss in a meaningful way what happened. 
and do it in a way with intent and purpose and being meaningful. And I do believe I can do it in a way where I'm not too emotionally upset by it, uh, just in the way that I can get on here and have some clear ideas and put that down. Of course, of course, this is quite upsetting to me because this is my life and these experiences were quite difficult for me. Um, that said, I can still get on here and we can have a good discussion. Now, for episode one, I'm going to leave it off here. I think this episode turned out to be a good intro piece. In the next podcast, we're going to get deeper into these topics. I want to tell my story. And do it in a way where it can have some real impact here because this is a real struggle. It's a huge issue for people who have been through very traumatic events, but they have nowhere to feel related to. They have nowhere to talk about it with. Um, very little people to talk about it with who understand it. And in the main culture, it's just not around because not many people have it. I mean, in the big, broad context of the world, there's tons of people who've had these events happen to them. But in your everyday life, uh, maybe it's one out of a hundred. Uh, it could be less, it could be more. It's just not that many though. And when you are in these normal, casual conversations, you don't want to burden someone with that kind of conversation and at least that's how someone feels who's had a traumatic event happen to them they feel guilty about it they feel burdened by it and they don't want to burden other people by it and this is the place where you can come and hopefully feel less of that catch you in episode two Thank you for listening. My name is Thomas Durham. And I hope we grow this and continue this journey. Have a good night. Good morning. Good afternoon. Whatever time it is. Talk to you soon.